Good evening, and welcome to the Greg and Jeff Give the High Hat podcast. My name is Jeff. And and I'm Greg. And we welcome you. Sounds like we're doing a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a very, very subtle, very intro. I was trying to go for the PBR and PBR. Ah. And next on Nova, we have Exploding yeah. Planets. It's not PBR, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> NPR? NPR. <laughs> <laughs> the NPR uh, sponsored by <laughs> PBR. <laughs> That's a whole number. I mean, that could your, <laughs> the PBR network. Today, we're going to be teaching you how to make catfish. <laughs> we're going noodling. <laughs> you yeah, from noodling to the table. <laughs> oh, it gives the whole meaning, new meaning to, you know, from form to table. Yeah, and they serve it with noodles. <laughs> it's a complete circle. It's very Harvard. I don't know if I would want noodles with my catfish. I don't think I would. Well, I think it would like if you did it like a stir fry noodles, and then you'd like um, you would like uh, like pan sear like you know chunks of catfish and put it over noodles with maybe a little bit of sauce. That would be good. Yeah. Maybe like a like a lemon butter. Yeah, That's not something you would really want to do like a um, like a cream sauce with. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cooking. <laughs> I mean, if you think of like the way you have to cook halibut, you know, it, it's got to be a little bit rough to make sure it cooks through. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had halibut. I'm not. I'm mm. not really a thin fish. It, it's like a big flaky cod type of flaky meat fish. Yeah. When you get those, they come in big hunks though. So, you know, if you're like a a white flaky fish uh, consumer like I am, then you have it from time to time. I'm big on salmon and uh, tuna steaks. I love both of those on the grill. And it's summertime, and that's typically when I eat them. I'll probably have some this weekend now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, I can get, like, catfish has to be fried. Number mm-hmm. two. No doubt. I can, uh, I can, I can, I can do And it has to be farm-raised. I'm not eating no catfish from the Noose River or anywhere <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, big God, no. Not, not unless you want a third eye by the end of the uh, yeah. night. <laughs> Simpsons reference. Uh, I'm just put throwing it in there for the millennials of listening, which they could be Simpsons fans, but it's like they have their Simpsons, and we're talking about the original Simpsons. Yes, like the when it was funny. Yeah, seasons. I'll give you seriously funny from one through eight, and it stayed relatively funny till about season fifteen, sixteen, and then it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. It goes downhill from there. They just do it out of habit now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't get me started. Well, they, what happened is, is they hooked the animator up to a perpetual engine, and, you know, and they can't get the damn thing to shut off. <laughs> so 
All they have to do is input data and the shit pops out. So, And, and here's the thing. In, in the last five to ten years or so, especially with the advent of like streaming programming, I don't, I don't know how... I mean, Simpsons being basically still on network TV, I don't know how it's even profitable. No. I don't either, but they're still beloved. I mean, people are obsessed with that show, and I mean, I get it to some degree because I'm a fan, and I have a guilty pleasure of every once in a while going on and because we have Disney and going on Disney and and watching an episode of The Simpsons. You know, yeah, but I'm in a bad mood. Episodes. They're not new episodes; they're like old episodes, right? Yeah, it's like every episode ever. Yeah, on Disney, so I can look at anyone I ever want to watch. So that's pretty cool too. That's almost worth $5 a month in and of itself. But that's amazing. <laughs> like you're not, you're not tuning in at eight o'clock on Sunday on Fox to catch the new episodes. Yeah. I can watch whatever, whenever. Exactly. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, you know, it, it, it used to be back in the beginning. It used to be, you would put it on your schedule, but now, I mean, I haven't seen a, you know, new episode as it came out in years and years and years. Yeah. You know and what, Greg, you're, you're going to love this. One of the things I loved about the Simpsons was the uh, episodes they put out during Halloween. Yes. Remember the Halloween specials and one in particularly, particularly, you don't put an adverb. I just give up. Spit it out. You got it. <laughs> One in particular comes in mind. Um, the episode where the uh, aliens come and, and invite the uh, Simpsons on board their UFO and they go out in space and uh, they're feeding them all this food, fattening them up. And, and then they, they come to the uh, assumption that they were going to eat them. <laughs> do you remember that episode? I do. Vaguely, but I do. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is I thought it would be a perfect segue into the topic of today's show. Catfish? Uh, Extraterrestrial yes. life forms. Well, not exactly. We're going to talk, I mean, I think both of us are, 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 well, let's tell them what it is. The topic of today is UFOs, or as some other people refer to them now, UAPs, which are unidentified aerial phenomenon. That's supposed to be the more scientific language to use. Is that like a woke we're gonna, Is that a woke No, it, that's what the military call them now, so now the people that supposedly have credibility in the UFO investigative field like to use the same terminology that military uses. So they want to feel like it gives them credit because UFO has such a, you know, moniker to it, you know, being so sensationalized. Tinfoil hat. New York Post. Yeah, and yeah, all that stuff. But I mean... I mean, we're here today, I think, you and I, to talk more. Well, did we say yeah, UFOs and the paranormal is what the topic of the show is? 
and the paranormal. We'll see how it goes if we get into that. But <laughs> um, I, I think that you and I are not the National Enquirer people. You know, we're, we're, we're not the, you know, space aliens fighting each other. I actually believe that happens kind of people. I mean, if I'm if I'm stepping in and overstating myself, no, it was, please feel free to step in. What I think is we can talk about this and some pretty interesting things and say, well, we'll get to what the conclusion is at the conclusion of it, but as logical people and say, and, and just talk about some of the things going on. And, and the same way, it's, it, the way I feel, I mean, it would be pretty arrogant to think or to believe that we, human beings on this planet Earth, are the only form of life throughout the whole spat, you know, vast space of the universe. To, to think that we're the only living creatures in this whole universe, to me, seems a bit conceited. Actually, it does. Um, mm -hmm. that there, you know, I believe there are other life out in the universe. Um, you know, whether or not they bumped into us or anything like that, that, you know, I don't know. I mean, they could, they could not. Um, but, you know, it would take eons and eons to, for us to be able to go out and happen to bump into one of them, per se. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, I mean, if you want to put the short question, do I believe in other forms of life, quote-unquote aliens? Yes, I mean, just because of what I stated earlier, is that yeah. we can't be the only ones. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And I mean, am I saying definitively there is or there isn't? No, but I mean, I think that the odds are highly more probable, just looking at it from a scientific aspect, that there is, that there isn't. So, you know, my mind is always open to the subject. And, you know, what life is to us, you know, it could be something completely different elsewhere. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a humanoid. No. You know, it could be microorganisms that are just highly evolved, you know, consciously. You know, because consciousness is what's, and the develop of that consciousness is what develops any kind of organism. Well, the thing is, it doesn't even have to be that that advanced. I mean, they could be microorganisms on other planets in this universe that are not quote-unquote humanoid or anything that we have ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be just a vast wasteland of the planet with a bunch of amoeba, microscopic amoeba on it, and that is life. Exactly. You know, th th there's not like a it's kind of like a haywire theory that there was an asteroid that ricocheted off of Mars and then impacted Earth. And it was a combination of those materials 
that formed the first microorganisms on Earth where man came from. Interesting theory. I don't want to get into that too much, but I mean, it, it almost becomes like a, a philosophical discussion more than a scientific one because what it all comes down to is, is not where does life comes from. I think we've got a pretty good idea, you know, of, of where life comes from. It's just, you know, in my idea of creationism, is there some force out there? Or, you know, could God just simply be the force to put all these elements in place to evolve it the way they did? And I mean, I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Or even, you know what if, I mean? even if even if there is, you know, and I'm not saying one way or the other, then the flip side of the argument, is there actually a God, quote unquote, that set all this in motion? A spirit, so to speak? Or is this just pure science that, you know, hey, this asteroid knocked into this asteroid or crashed into this, or these elements, this hydrogen atom just happened to form with this, you know, oxygen atom and make water and, you know, is it all, is it all by some grand design or is it mm -hmm. just purely chance, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the, the interesting thing to me is that creationism and science both say that there was a void, there was nothing. There was a great nothingness. And something happened and all of a sudden there was a bunch of shit. I mean, that's the basic <laughs> yeah. stuff. One's got one way of how we got there, one's got another way. And my point from all the way from the beginning, you know, from the, uh, you know, scientific standpoint okay what caused that you know the big bang right you know something had to have happened who's to say that the force that called that i mean even in the bible when they talk about it it says that god is something that we can't even imagine or fathom it's impossible for our brains to conceive and so i mean we're the ones that created this vision of, you know, the old man sitting on a cloud and, you know, yeah. a vast majority of, you know, not to knock on people because, you know, I would still consider myself a Christian, although, you know, only in theory, so to speak. I don't know how else to say it, but um, I'm not a big church guy at the moment. But um, yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to say is, is that, 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 you know, there's an argument for both sides, and I'm I'm open to both sides. And it just um, and it so far as like depending on, I guess your belief system. I mean, in order because faith isn't to me isn't just relegated to religion. Uh, faith, you know, is something that hopefully after much contemplation and much research and much you say okay from what I can gather and this that and the other in my research I believe that A, B and then C happened and so far as if you're once you hit that point then your faith is either here or there you know, mm -hmm. whether, whether it's with creationism or with science 
because science has there is a faith in science. I mean, people believe that that's you know, a true statement. You know that the Big Bang is how it all started, or that, yeah, you know uh, the meteor yeah. killed the dinosaurs. And you know, I know this or is even like the fact that there were dinosaurs. That's pretty yeah. Funny. Well, here's the thing, you know, a couple points to bring up here, and this is kind of like a cliche point, you know, that people bring up all the time, but, you know, in the uh, 18th century, the science of the time that everyone had faith in is that if you had some kind of blood disease, that you, you cut your veins and let all the bad blood out, bloodletting. I mean, that was the science of the day, and that was what, you know, the doctors did, you know. So, you know, that's one point that, you know, what we have faith in in science is one thing. Uh, just as much as faith in, you know, some religious belief or some other spiritual belief, because, you know, there's so much out there, you know, and I think it's all intertwined anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but... <laughs> You know, getting back to the point of UFOs, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about that was, like, really interesting that happened, um, I believe around 2019, I'm not going to, you know, pound you with facts on this, but uh, there was an incident happened where some U.S. fighter jets intercepted a UAP or UFO. It was a uh, tic-tac-shaped object that was about say 20 feet off of the water in the ocean off of the um pacific ocean i believe you know in u.s territory um and so they were tracking this thing intercepting trying to find out what it was and they they had it locked on the radar and um had you know it was just this you know giant tic-tac about the size of a um volkswagen uh had no propulsion system that they can detect whatsoever and that it was making like turns and changing directions and you know reaching speeds you know on a snap of a finger that you know the forces would kill a human being if they were inside the object it was you know so severe you know it was, it's just nothing within the realm of man creation and so the, the Pentagon, actually, after a couple of years, because of this incident and so many people were talking about it and it actually witnessed it and stuff, it was already out there being leaked. So they had to admit that, you know, yep, we did encounter this. We have no idea what it is. You know, there, there's stuff like this happening a lot, and we just don't really have an explanation for it. We're investigating it. So, I mean, that... That's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's the U.S. government after all this time, and I, I don't think that you would disagree with me that a lot of stuff over the years have been covered up and whatnot. But, you know, they finally admit. I mean, and that's a, it's kind of a crazy thing. I mean, especially for the, like, real believers, you know, that... Trust government admitting that there's shit flying around in the air and we're intercepting it, we can't keep up with it, and we don't know what it is. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. I mean, and, and it's quite frankly, I mean, 
I mean, you could be a conspiracy theorist and say this is all made up. Um, and there again, where you know, there's that word faith again. All right, mm-hmm. the source of the information or the or the source of uh, the witnesses in this particular case. All right. They're the most, you know, especially the, the pilots that were there and intercepted it. They're probably the most trusted sources you could ever find. So, you know, as far as like a rank and file military person, not the brass, but just the rank and file. And, you know, all right. So the government says now that they haven't, you know, they intercepted this thing and. They don't know what it is, and they're investigating it, but we have no idea. So, okay. Uh, so, do you, and in things like this, where there are, you know, sightings or anything like that, this maybe sounds a little bit cynical. I always boil it down to ask yourself three questions. Are they right? Are they wrong or are they crazy? And so, depending on the source, I mean, I sure, okay. I, and, and again, there again, I mean, of course, there's other uh, life forces and probably have technology of their own and mm-hmm. with the means to travel vast distances to distant planets. Um, well, Here's the thing. I mean, what excites me about this topic is like there's so many theories about what this is, you know, and what's happening and what's been happening. And now there's so many people that have cameras on their phones and stuff. You know, everything's getting caught. And, you know, the cameras are so much better and everything. So, you know, a lot of people, are we really seeing that more or just more people like catching stuff on film that? we've ever you know had before and then there's people hoaxing still so you've got all that thrown in there but i mean it doesn't necessarily in my mind have to be you know an advanced alien technology that's you know perfected you know space travel and is specifically coming to earth you know what i mean you know from these tic tacs and things like that i mean they're so small you know I mean, is there really anything in there? I, you know, my theory is a lot of this is like, you know, maybe there is an advanced society and they're sending out probes, you know, and that's all they can do. They can't get here themselves, maybe, but they're sending out probes and, and different things just to like monitor or keep an eye on us or whatever it is. Well, we do. This, we, we've done the same thing and then we continue to do the same thing, you know, dating all the way back to the seventies with the, mm-hmm. the Voyager missions and things like that. So, you know, I, that, that's a very plausible explanation for what this thing that was witnessed and intercepted was. I mean, if we, I mean, compared to what we send out, you know, it makes the Voyager missions look like, steampunk and and so no i mean that's a very i mean mean, i I I find it very plausible that it may not be any type of life form 
on these uh, particular craft, and it could be just prints. It could be just, mm -hmm. you know, just seeing, hey, we found this place and we're checking it out. Well, I mean, we, we actually have, like, private entrepreneurs now that have developed airplanes, essentially, that take off from an airport and then fly into space, or at least into the stratosphere. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then Musk, you know, that's a private enterprise, too. I think it's SpaceNet is what his is. And what they're doing, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, private enterprises running the United States... Uh, space exploration with NASA, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, and long overdue. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. you know, just to, not to not to harp on that too much, but NASA, quite frankly, we as a society had gotten to a point, especially after the moon missions, where mm -hmm. I said, okay, we're bored with this now. You know, for the majority of the of our society and, and the world. And basically, after the moon mission, you say, oh, okay, all right, that was nice, but we're bored. And so, uh, you know, the interest in space travel, which I think should be. I think it. Further, I think my theory is that they intentionally made it boring to disengage the society's interest in it based on what they found or what they had witnessed. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but why, why wouldn't... I mean, if you want more government funding, or if you want private enterprise to really get on board... Well, it's, it became a black ops. Don't you, don't you, it had better funding. It had the black ops funding. So it had all the funding it needed because it was considered the greatest threat to national security. But, you know, and there's other things, too, like those stupid balls that were floating over America when the United States, America, the America. United States, the United States a few months ago. I don't know if you remember that or not. And, like, one flew all the way from, like, the state of Washington, and they, they flew all the way across the entire continental U.S., and then right as it got off the coast of North Carolina, they shot it down. <laughs> and then another one was up around Michigan, they shot down. And uh, the pilots were out there, and, and on, did you hear about that? You're not. No, I have not. Because I'm wondering, yeah. are you confusing there was like, the and, and I hope you're not confusing the, the Chinese weather balloons. Yeah, the weather balloons. Oh, uh, okay. Well, those weren't. Are, are well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's a lot. Because ever since that's happened, you know, I just notice certain things, and I'll actually happen to live about 15, 20 miles from an Air Force base, and my house just happens to fit over, you know, the normal fly patterns of their test flights and stuff. Somewhere around or nearabouts my neighborhood, that's where they turn around and go back home, essentially, in a circle. So... Um, ever since that, the thing with the quote-unquote Chinese weather balloons, um, you know, I hear all this chatter for a lot about a lot of phenomenon being seen in the, the lower, I don't know what you call it, the, the, the lower altitudes, and that, that they were beefing up patrols 
you know, at lower altitudes with fighter jets. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they, they stopped talking about that. But I want to let you know that I, I've witnessed it here at my house ongoing still to this day. I noticed it in California when I was in Los Angeles that, you know, there are, you know, fighter jets with the wingman, two jets. And I mean, that's surveillance. I mean, that's, you know, seek and destroy type of like a maneuver flowing at unusually high altitudes, just doing surveillance flights. And uh, it's somewhat lessened a little bit now, but I mean, it was a big deal. And so, I mean, whatever we heard eventually uh, the story of what those are on the news. Now, personally, I do believe it was China testing a delivery system. That's what I think it was. I, I think that that was China testing a, a delivery system for a, um, what do you call those things? The uh, EMP attacks, electric magnetic oh, pulses. Because they're discharged yeah. from high altitude. So yeah. they were testing the weather patterns and how they fly over to see how we react to it and how quickly we react to it. You know? <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, it's it. I'm just saying, if you look at Asian history, I mean, J Japan kept testing the waters too. So that's a discussion for another time. But I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot out there that we see and, and mistake for something otherworldly that certainly it's technology that some type of government has um, put together that, that we're just not familiar with yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of that. And that's the thing. So far as like sightings and, and encounters, I would, again, consider the source. If, the, if our military or Air Force says that they encountered whatever, I'm more apt to believe that than I am Joe Blow in his backyard with his cell phone who happened to catch a shining orb of light hovering treetop level. Um, just, I mean, essentially just because a lot of this stuff can be either rightly or whether mm -hmm. it's weather, whether it's meteor, you know, meteorite or whether you know, the, the moonlight hits something just perfect and an optical illusion maybe. I don't know. But but that doesn't... I, I mean, I do believe that there's probably some otherworldly craft uh, that has visited. I'm sure there has. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I can't really say that I've seen one. But you know, going by reports from the military, I'm more apt to believe that than I am, you know, some Joe who happened to be in his backyard and saw something. Yeah. Michelle saw something right off of our back porch about three or four years ago. I mean, she's not a wackadoo about UFOs or anything either. And, you know, it's been, you know, 20 years or more. But, you know, I've seen it, had a couple of incidents, so I've seen some things that, that I can't explain, like lights in the sky that just like move and then just dart away at like fantastic speeds that you just can't explain. 
I mean, yeah. I've personally witnessed that. So now, now I'll, I'm going to interject just because I'm more apt to believe one source than another doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. I'm just, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, because the, to the people, you know, let's just say Michelle or to people who saw what they saw, they'll look you in the eye and go, I saw what I saw. I know what mm -hmm. I saw. And it wasn't anything that I could rationally explain away. And it's not to totally poo-poo on it um, because there again, there's that belief. It's like, my eyes say that I saw this and it stuck around long enough for me to say, no, you know, it's not any you know, something that happens in nature. So I know what I saw and I saw what I saw and I think I saw this or that. Yeah. 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 I want to bring this up because I think you'll find this interesting because there's a guy, um, who's like world famous now in the UFO community. He goes, his name is Bob Lazar. Uh, and he had kept quiet for decades and recently just started, you know, going public with things that he's been involved with in the past. He's a scientist um, with the U S government. And, you know, he just thinks it's time that, that people know and need to get to be prepared, you know, that, you know, they're coming and they're coming at a more faster rate is basically what he's saying and why he's spilling the beans now. Well, essentially, he was a scientist and uh, he um, worked for, I forgot the name of the company, but they were a subcontractor that worked with, um, you know, um, U.S. government and uh, weapons development. And so after about working there for a year, they said, hey, Bob, we think you're cool you know, we got to put you through another grade of security clearance, blah, blah, blah. But we want you, we really want you to start working on another project. They said, they, it's really odd hours. You'll like go out there and you'll work and have to stay on the base for like a month at a time. And then you might be off for a month or two. And then you'll come back and work for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, it'll be that kind of a schedule. He says, but you always need to be available at the drop of a hat. And so, it, where it was, was at Area 51. It wasn't actually at Area 51, you know, but it was like a subset, but it was the same base, essentially. Um, but he said while there that underground, they had in storage nine recovered crashed uh, alien aircraft, and uh, they were working on reverse engineering programs. And uh, he's gone in great detail and talk about like the history of it, you know, that they'll work on this one specific technology they want to figure out on the thing. And if the material development hadn't come through, if we don't have the materials to replicate it at the time, they'll just like shelve it for like 10 years and then come back and, you know, 10 years later and say, hey, do we have something maybe that might make this work now, you know? Yeah. And then they have other companies, like, specifically trying to make materials and things that you're seeing or replicate it, you know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's some pretty interesting stuff. But um, if anybody is, is interested in that, I don't want to get into too much detail here because we could go on and on. Um, but, but the U.S. government has tried to discredit this guy, and, I mean, and he's legit. 
I mean, he's got all the credentials and everything to back up that he was there and he worked on this project. And then he worked where he say he worked. And the more that they try to say that he didn't, you know, and discredit him, you know, the more obvious is they're trying to like cover up what he's saying. So again, I'm not saying a hundred percent. I believe this guy, I think it's 50, 50 probably, but you know, that's pretty astounding in and of itself that it could be, it's 50% chance this guy's like completely legit, you know what I mean? Or at least partially legit anyway. But um, if you're out there on the, um, the YouTube or any of the social media, um, there's a couple of guys that um, really do credible work. I mean, these guys are not whack jobs at all. They work with MUFON, which is, you know, this group that does scientific investigations of sightings to, you know, rule out the, the hoaxers and whatnot and just focus on legitimate, unexplained things. But um, these guys have been really big voices in this topic. There's another, one guy's name is Jeremy Corbell, and that's C-O-R-B-E-L-L. Uh, he's got a podcast with another uh, legendary guy in the field by the name of George Knapp. But uh, Corbell is where you're going to find all the material. This guy was actually also involved with the U.S. military in the past, and he had high security clearance and worked with um, special ops and actually worked in national security uh, investigating UFOs and things and, and got out of it to start spreading the word about what was being kept from people. So um, there's also a, I'm not even going to mention his name. He's gotten too sensational now. <laughs> Never mind. He got on Discovery Channel and he got ruined, but he was good prior to that. And but, um, interesting stuff. And I just want to say, if it's something that interests you guys, I mean, we could talk all night, but those are some places and some guys you can look up if you want to keep investigating the topic, looking into it. Um, there's that's where you will get most of your credible stuff that's out there. Now, now I have a, a real quick question. So far as like these individuals that you've named, what mm -hmm. what do they say their main uh, reason or motivation is for coming public, either in the past or now? Um, is it is it to warn us? Is it to educate us? Is it to enlighten us? Or what? Now, apparently, you know, you, you've done your research on these individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, either from what they've said directly or from your take, why are they coming forward to tell the tale, as it were? I think the biggest thing is that the, the frequency and of sightings and the more and more credible that they're getting and what you know the u.s government had done in the past is just like discredit discredit or to like sensationalize or make a joke out of it you know whatever it was however legitimate it was you know the event whether it was roswell or you know anything um so I, I think the thing of it is now is that it is somewhat of a warning um, because the biggest thing, for, from what I understand, that world governments um, is mass hysteria, you know, finding out that 
you know, there are alien, alien beings out there. Um, is the, and the world collapse, societal collapse, because, you know, so many people, you know, still believe that there is a, a God and, and, you know, they think, well, it's neither here nor there. You can talk about that all night too, but the point being, I forgot what the point is now. But <laughs> it's, it, you, I think you were getting at it's more of a warning than anything else. And I also want to just kind of ask, it's like, all right, well, I think it's also them saying, like, look, guys, those of you who really follow this and are, like, being told that you're stupid, no, you're not stupid. This stuff is going on, and we're not saying it's alien, but we do know that it is going on, and these things are being seen, and the government is concerned about it, and if they're concerned about it, we think that you need to be concerned about it, too. That's basically what their message is. Okay. Do you think maybe, and that's it's like, unfortunately, I have not done nearly any, it's not really high on my radio. Yeah. The day basis. But just from hearing what you, what you had to say about it, do you think there maybe is a healthy fear that, particularly in, with this government, are they are they fearful that they're trying to weaponize anything that they have found? Well, I think the biggest fear, honestly, of the United States and China is like the idea that they're not the big dogs in the fight anymore. That 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 someone had basically. I think America's big deal with this is like these guys have the capability to whip our ass. You know what I'm saying? I think right. that's a, the, our country's biggest fear. Personally, that, that's my personal opinion. Right. And that, and that kind of pissed off. It was like, we got to catch up. Just, it's just like, what, what, you know, that's all they've ever done. And, and it's worked. They're still here and they're still thriving. So, I mean, and, and plus it's the industrial war complex. You know, they're going to create fear, you know, and they're going to be pushing to, you know, weaponize whatever technology is out there. So, I don't know. I think that, like, maybe the uptick in activity, and I'm just saying, again, I'm not saying wholeheartedly this is what I believe. I'm just saying the possibility is there. And, you know, the alternative is, like, if that's not what it is, then that's even more scary. Then what the hell is it? You know, because it's legitimately going on. And, you know, it's always been a topic that's been it interesting to me because i've always been fascinated with space and and you know star wars and all that stuff too but you know that that's irrelevant what you know the just the idea and the concept of like how it crosses over so many boundaries of like religion uh astrophysics i mean because time travel could be involved with this i mean you know even einstein proved that time travel or at least interdimensional travel was theoretically possible, you know, and our science agrees with it, even though we haven't been able to, to, you know, replicate it or have we, you know? So, I mean, who knows? I mean, there could be another dimension that exists, you know, interlayered with ours that we don't even see. And, and there's beings or whatever crossing in and out from that. I mean, just, yeah. and I'm not stealing from, um, 
the Avengers or anything like that either. I mean, it's it's a theory that's out there, you know. Do you, do you so, think? Do you think? You think maybe it's an intersection between imagination and science. It's one of those things that you know. What if you could do this? Or or imagination says, hey, you know, what if there is this technology on another planet with life form? And is there science to back that up? Or is there science to actually make that imagination possible? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that just confused you or, you know. No, I understand what you're like saying. The because universe, the, the time travel, you know, you, you, know, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's like you could be sitting there and say, you know what? What if, what if we could do this? And by saying this is something that no mortal man or woman has ever physically or mentally accomplished. Um, and then when you, when we say, you know what, could we do this? And if the answer is yes, then how can we apply what we know scientifically to that to make it happen? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made any sense, but it did to me. No, it does. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. And it ties into like a, a point that I was making here, which, which this topic is, you know, so interesting to me. If, if you're open-minded about it, I mean, it's really tough if you're like lean heavy and believe one way or another things. And I've always been open-minded about everything. I mean, even reading the Bible as a child, I mean, I knew that the Bible was a metaphor, and I've always looked at it that way. I've never been a Bible literalist, you know, in anything. You know, even as from a child, I, I, I just didn't, I was like, no. <laughs> but, you know, if you're open-minded about it, I mean, you take a, think about philosophy, you think about religion, you think about, you know, all the um, the elementals out there, you know, the, the, the astrophysics, the um, psychics and the shoot, the spiritualists is what I was trying to say. My apology. But in particularly like the elementals, like the people that like, you know, worship the earth and the earth energy, you know, to work with crystals and, and things like that, that, you know, there was, you know, power and energy and everything that you can draw from you know, from a positive nature and draw the positive energies from things and push out the negatives to places where they, they need to go, like water to wash it away and things like that. So, I mean, the idea that, like, any one of these things is, is right is crazy to me because all of them have a pretty good message and it's about the, the betterment of themselves as a human being. And it's like, maybe if we're all a little bit more open-minded about the idea that all these things are probably intermingled in some degree. I'm talking about every religion, every scientific theory, every uh, spiritualist idea about energies and stuff. It's probably all intertwined, at least in my mind. And, and I'm okay with that yeah. because in, in, my, in my mind, it takes the question out of everything. You, you know what I mean? I was just saying, like, you know, the easy example would be, you know, as a Christian, having the open-mindedness to think that of these other things may be involved, too, 
it takes all the doubt away because there's your explanation for any doubt you had as a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? And even as a scientist, you know, there could be doubts, you know, I know this is it, but I can't make this, put this theory into reality. So maybe this isn't true science. You know, they'll have their doubts too. As opposed to taking the question out of everything, do you think maybe it's actually putting the question into everything? Because there is, sure. you know, because, because we as human beings, we love three things, speed, ease, and comfort. And, you know, the finality of an answer, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I've always, I mean, people say, I mean, I, mean, I have a creative mind and I'm, I'm not like being braggadocious about it or conceited about it, but I guess I do because the last thing I hate to do when I like get still and sitting around and it's like just be sitting there and thinking, whoop, when's the electric bill do, you know, whoop, yeah. you know. My mind, when I'm off, you know, not working or whatever, you know, and I have free time, my mind is all over the place, you know, thinking about things and how things go together and work and people's relationship. I mean, I'm just yeah. all over the place, you know, with my, and I guess that's, is that odd? <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't think of well, anything yeah. mundane if I don't have to, is what I'm saying. Right. And quite frankly, I think every human if not distracted, as long as you're not distracted, every human being, I believe, their mind will wander and imagine and worry and fret and ponder and philosophize. But as long as we're distracted, then it takes, takes our mind away from what could be to what's in front of our face or right, you know, quite frankly, you know, even as we talk today, what's in my hand, cause I'm talking, you know, doing my side through an iPhone. And so, you know, but if just left to my own devices, if I, you know, if I wasn't doing that, then I could either be, my mind will go just like yours, a million different places and a million different thoughts to a million different people. Or quite frankly, if I'm just sitting and I'll just laser focus on if I see a bird or if I see uh, a groundhog or just and just watch and nothing else matters around me and I just watch that and nature in and of itself that's that's its own distraction. Yeah, boy, you're I, yeah. It sounds like I just did like a handful of shrooms right then. <laughs> no, you're completely <laughs> right because that that's my ultimate escape. And, you know, I'm not a big exercise guy, but I'm a hiker and I will hike and I'll, you know, I don't go crazy, but I mean, I'll hike 10 miles in a day. You know, I've done that plenty of times, but, you know, the reason I do it and I go to a lot of the same places nearby my house over and over again, because it's the one place I can go, I can turn my phone off and I can walk this trail and be surrounded by nothing but nature and beauty and my own thoughts. And not any text messages or phone calls or emails. And for two or three hours, I'm just in that tranquility. I mean, people talk about meditation and how important it is to them and like just for your mental health. And I mean, for me, that's it. That's my meditation over the hike because, 
you know, usually nobody wants to go with me, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine with me. Exactly. Because, you know, that's when I'm alone. It's just my meditation. Yeah. And when I do it, I might be dog tired, but I'm a completely different human being for a week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I I totally dig it, and you know that I get like that. I wouldn't necessarily say hikes. I'd go for a walk. Yeah. You know, hike, hike, you know, hike to me sounds like too much work. You know, because you got to do this trail and you got to hike up this thing and hike down this thing. I'm just, just trying to glamorize it. Really. Yeah. I, I just like to take a walk. You know, when you take <laughs> a walk, you're, it's, you know, you, you don't have anywhere you need to be and you just. Yeah. Old men take walks. Oh, I go with my own pace. I, I go at my own pace. I go at my own pace. Yeah, I've, I've definitely walked the old man's pace, and I take time to, like, stop and take things in as I go. So, I mean, I'm just meandering around the trails. I'm not, like, trogging it or anything. <laughs> we're getting off topic here again. Well, yeah, look. well we, we kind of, yeah, we kind of did, but we it, it kind of... It does all fit together. It, it does. It does, in a way, kind of meanders back around to beliefs. Yeah, and it, faith, we were talking about metaphysics and at the end. Metaphysics and what it, you mm-hmm. know is that, is that your is that your belief system? Is that your faith? Is it something you know? Is it something you know? I think it's all intertwined. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't think it's intertwined completely. I think. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think, I think there's saying. like edges yeah. that are at, that are inter, intertwined. I think there are some exactly. things that both sides can say. Okay, well, we can't explain this, but this is but nobody. Clear. Nobody has the whole puzzle, and nobody has enough of the piece of the puzzles to connect everybody's pieces together. But a lot of people have a lot of the good parts of the puzzle. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, exactly. We, we might before the sun explodes. Well, I don't know. With the stem cells, we'll be around forever. <laughs> well, look, man, I, I thought this was a really good show, and I, I didn't know that you would be into it as much. But um, I don't know if it's next week. Probably not, because we like to be a variety show and not a specific topic show. But I would like to do a show on the paranormal, because... There's some things uh, on that topic that I, I don't know if you know about me and Michelle, but we'll get into that. Uh, I'm just setting it up. We'll do it a few okay. weeks out. All we'll right. come back to the paranormal because if you were digging on this topic, I think you'd really dig on that and you'd have a lot of questions and stuff. But it's cool. We'll get to that to another time. But um, I thought it was a great episode. I appreciate you, man. Hey, no, I admit, always a pleasure. Yeah, and um, look, if um, I know this is a sensitive topic, and you know, if we hurt anyone's feelings in this, you know, I, yeah, I completely understand. And you just, I want you to know that we were speaking about this from a logical, open-minded idea kind of way. So please don't take offense. Um, I'll, if you've got any comments, please leave them. Uh, we'll answer them probably. Well, Greg will answer them. <laughs> Give us a like if you like the podcast. Share it with a friend. 
That's how me and Greg met 40 years ago on a podcast. On a podcast. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. They had he podcasts. Shared, yeah. Well, maybe that's not exactly how it went down, but it was... I think there was a stop sign involved, but nonetheless, <laughs> that's another show too. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's it. That's it. Until next week, my brother. My brother from another mother. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.